Epcot Center celebrates human achievements and innovation born from imagination. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. All of us at Epcot Center are glad to have you as our guests today. It isn't just a resort, it isn't just a world's fair, not just a cavalcade of wizardry, technology, and flair. But the most exciting, and by far the most important part of our Florida project, in fact, the heart of everything we'll be doing in Disney World will be our experimental prototype city of tomorrow. W, w Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 451, and I'm here to help you have not just the best possible Disney vacation experience when you come to Disney, but bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, videos, blog, live broadcast, newsletter, books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So this week's show is all about you and your questions about everything from animation classes to dining as a local, getting exactly the room you want when you visit, some after-dinner drinks, Thanksgiving crowds, some wedding rehearsal dinner locations, our favorite place for breakfast in the Walt Disney World parks, and the history and story of Leave a Legacy in Epcot and much more. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have some updates, announcements, information about upcoming meets of the month, and your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Since the very beginning, I have always wanted you to really be part of this show, and that's why I've always invited you to send in questions, because oftentimes the questions you have about an upcoming trip might not just be able to help you, but others as well. And that's why I say the show is for you and with you and sometimes even by you. And for the past 11 years, you have sent in questions about everything from upcoming vacations to trivia, history, food, details, food, drinks, food, oftentimes food, and much more. So I'm going to open up the inbox again this week and back again is somebody who's going to help me and hopefully you along the way. You actually may recognize her from a recent cameo in Finding Dory as she is Becky, Miss Mankin if you're nasty, and like the movie, she is a lovable loon. Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, welcome back. <sighs> Good thing I made a sunken treasure for this occasion because I will well, tell you right now, I have not seen the movie, but all I had to do was Google it after you, you started throwing it around and you put it on Facebook oh, and then I had just to Google so you it. Know, this is not going to die anytime soon. So Great. there's T-shirts. There's yeah, we've got lots of things. So, but it's really nice because look. Wow. Within the first 45 seconds, you actually mentioned and are partaking in a cocktail. And <laughs> yeah. That's... You know, you are the, one of the reasons why I drank, right? You do know that. I just want to make that perfectly clear. Wow. And by that's... the way, after 11 years, 
imagine all the outtakes that you could to do with the show. Oh, over sister, years. if I ever played the outtakes, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be in trouble. <laughs> Me? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. I need so to I think that. we should get to Ryan McAllister's question. Right. Um, because he was recently I'm just trying to avoid yeah, You're digging I'm, a hole right now No, I'm helping you by doing this uh, Ryan says <laughs> I was recently down in Walt Disney World And was able to visit the new Star Wars launch bay Quick aside, I totally dig it there Like Ryan, I agree that this was a super cool addition to the park Meeting Darth Vader in person made my trip amazing He was scary, serious, and thrilling Kind of like Becky Menken. Now back in Texas, I am listening to your podcast to get my Disney fix. I'm listening to episode 143, What You Miss in Walt Disney World, and got to thinking, insert dream sequence music here, what do I miss in Walt Disney World? And Ryan says, for me, I'm going to miss the drawing lessons with an animator. I know this was always a popular thing to do when I was there. So, Lou, do you think Disney is going to bring back this event somewhere else in Hollywood Studios? Thanks for bringing the energy and the passion for Disney to everyone who can't get there that often. Ryan McAllister. Ryan, I am with you, brother. Um, I I dig a lot the drawing lessons with the animator at Disney's Hollywood Studios back at the Disney and Jim Studios because I think it really goes back to the core of what the studios was and was supposed to be from the very beginning and unlike so many other experiences it's not just passive it's very interactive and you get to leave with something like you leave with a tangible item to help you remember your time there and if you're a kid maybe that that sparks a little imagination pun it not reference to learning to imagination, but I guess I kind of did. Uh, it sparks a little imagination in you about wanting to pursue this idea of drawing or art or animation or something else in that creative space. So in the the going to your question about do I think Disney possibly bringing this back somewhere else at Hollywood Studios, my my fan answer, right, because I'm a fan first is I hope so. But what I think, Ryan, and, and I know nothing, reference to Hogan's Heroes, I know nothing, but what I think I would like to see, Becky Mankin, is something along the lines of what if they advanced this same, the same concept and instead of maybe a, a hand-drawn animation studio, what if they had sort of a Pixar computer animation studio? They have some of those electronic drawing boards and and you know pressure pads and and uh, and pens and allowed kids and adults to practice their animation and coloring skills on something I don't want to say a little bit more modern because I still do love the hand-drawn animation but on a a common technology on it getting made it, relating it over to Pixar and being on Pixar place you can then maybe either print it out or better yet Uh, have access to it digitally, you know, same way we do uh, with with PhotoPass. And then you can go back and either print it out or save it on your computer or, or email it to somebody. I would love to see, so a Pixar digital animation type studio come to the studios. I would take anything over having to draw because I, the first to admit, I am really bad at that. I, the whole animation thing, even though they tell me to draw here and do that, I'm lucky to have friends who know how to draw because they completely laugh at the stick figures that I was walking away with on those little pieces of paper, which I never kept because they were so bad. But it would be really cool to have something that ties in the technology so that even the less artistic, such as myself, could have something 
uh, to walk away with or to be kind of proud of, even if you can color in the lines. I can do that. I can I mean, I mean think, that. and as we were talking about this, I was thinking to the Disney Cruise Line, right, where yes. they have sort of the, the Animation Academy spoiler um, in, in um, Animator's Palette, where right. you are able to almost fill in the outline of a character, and then they bring that animation to life on the screen. And again, you get to walk away with something, which I've kept from all the cruises that I've done, because... Uh, Obviously, my kids' drawings are much better than mine, but it really is, again, a tangible reminder and souvenir of those experiences. And that is really fun. I, you just hit on something there because if you did have that ability, no matter how bad the drawings are that mine can tend to be on uh, it, it, Animator's Palette, it's always really entertaining to watch the show. So that'd be neat to see that brought on land from sea, don't you think? I, I, I mean, yeah. So double-edged sword. I'm playing both sides of the equation here. Yes, I would, but I also do like the fact that it is unique to the Disney Cruise Line, right? The same way I like experiences in Disneyland, to stay in Disneyland so it gives you a reason to go and visit. That's true. There is a part of me that wants it to be. But again, the idea was sort of taking the the electron, the digital technology, and then but keeping an animation academy there. Sibby, you know what you do? You do what I did. You you take one of the blank... uh, placemats from the cruise line and you take it to a ringer have them do it for you so you take it back so you cheat you're a cheater (laughs) even at sea you're a cheater interesting i haven't Uh, done it yet i just thought about it it just crossed my mind two or three times come on let's move on i'm gonna try we're gonna try and hit a lot of them tonight so all right right, lisa has a question she says lou quick question here while i'm at disney my family and i would like to visit a few of the disney resorts such as the boardwalk and animal kingdom lodge and a few others so do we have to pay for parking at these resorts just to visit them? If that makes any sense, it does. Lisa, thank you very much. No, if you are going, and you should only be going to visit the resorts, uh, not to try and sneak your way over to Epcot or to Magic Kingdom, if you explain to the uh, guard at the gate that you are going to either just visit or go to eat or go take pictures, you won't have to worry about paying for parking at any of the resorts. Right, but I'm going to throw in a little bit of the of the caveat and the where's the legal speak? You know, your lawyer talk has got to throw in there too. I'm a there recovering some... attorney. Anything, just so you know, <laughs> any information disseminated on this podcast should not be construed as legal advice. Wow. Okay. So thank you disclaimer. so much. How about this? Setting the appropriate level of expectation, because yes, you're correct. The self parking is free, and typically you can tell them we're just going to go see the resort. However, there are times when, especially busy times around the beach club, boardwalk, contemporary, where you have to be a guest or you have to be using valet parking. They're just they're, they may turn you away. So you need to keep that in mind that it's possible that they may say, you know, there's no non-guest parking at some of the resorts at some times. Um, but sometimes if you really want to go there and see it, you can also look up and say, you know what, I'm, I'm happy to valet, which is going to cost you some money. But um, that, if you pay it once, you've paid it once and you can also use it in other resorts. So, yes, usually you're correct that you can get in and talk to them, but sometimes they will turn you away. You are correct, sir. There you go. That's it. Sir? <laughs> Mark wow, SF says, hey, Lou, <laughs> and it really says this. It says, hey, Lou, and dot, dot, dot. Great what? live shows. And <laughs> listen. Who is this guy again? <laughs> Send me that listen, email address. I've known Mark SF for ages. I don't think we've ever met, but I know Mark. All right. He says, hey, Lou, <laughs> and dot, dot, dot. Great live shows and videos as of late. Thank you very much. Uh, here's a question hopefully you have not addressed before. 
If you have annual passes and live in Orlando, how feasible is it for you to decide to dine in Epcot, leave the house, and roll on into the restaurant? Or, in big capital letters, does the ADR scenario prevent locals from doing that on the spur of the moment? Thanks for all the great work. Mark, I am a local. I do decide to go dine at Epcot. I leave the house, roll into the restaurant, and oftentimes don't have an ADR. So it is possible. Obviously, different times of years makes that a little bit more feasible than others. But the nice thing, too, is, you know, my family and I, we did it this past weekend. We might be out in the park somewhere and say, hey, let's go eat somewhere tonight. It's very easy to use the My Disney Experience app, see what's available, and potentially book something for later on in the evening. But again, the the also the the idea of being a local is you can just sort of decide sometimes on a whim. And if you don't get to do it that night, it's not a big deal because you live here and hopefully can do it on an upcoming trip. But um, yeah, it, it is. Um, it's probably simpler than you think, especially if you don't mind waiting a little bit just to walk up and um, and and get a reservation or walk up into a restaurant. Yeah, there are many times that I've been there uh, without any reservations whatsoever. So not exactly the local scenario, but kind of the same. And as long as you're not, you don't have your heart absolutely set on a certain place that night, you can uh, obviously you know, check anything and go to the resort uh, walk, uh, walk up at some of the places like uh, Tito Gusto, the wine bar, <laughs> for a snack if you don't have to have reservations for some of the places and, and check in for a walk up. Yeah, but but wait, when you, when you say that, you know, got Mark doesn't have, he can't pull the Becky card. Don't you what? know who wait, I am? No, no, give no. Me, a few minutes ago, I was about to tell you where you're like, I, my, me and my family were just there. We walked. I was like, yeah, but did, you always do the, you know, you look at him and you kind of, you know, smile at whoever's there. It's like, don't you know who I am? I'm Lou Mangiello. No, no, on. no. That's the Becky card. That's it works more for you than it does for me. I'm just so the Carbone family from Manassas, Virginia says, Hey, Lou, just want to say thank you for all your help in planning our Disney vacations. My wife and I are a loyal subscriber to the pod- podcast and YouTube channel. We're also huge fans of the Magic Kingdom audio walking tours. They are always on our playlist for whenever we travel back home to visit our family in New England. My wife and I are celebrating our one-year anniversary in Walt Disney World, happy anniversary, in much the same fashion that we celebrated our honeymoon. So a quick question for you. We're staying in the same hotel, Port Orleans Riverside, as we did on our honeymoon. And I wanted to know if it's possible to reserve the same room that we had one year ago. Any tips or tricks that you know of that would help this request? Thanks so much. Again, the Carbone family. Becky, I'm going to turn this to you because I think, and I'm going to sort of uh, see if I can guess the response here, is obviously there's there's no way to guarantee, but you can certainly either call the resort to ask them ahead of time or when you check in, or better yet, if you use an authorized Disney vacation planner like MEI and Mouse Fan Travel and tell your agent what you are looking to do, they can try and put that request in with no guarantees for you. Wow. Do you need me around tonight? Or nope. Something? Yeah, <laughs> the, the really important thing is if, you've, if you did book through a um, authorized Disney vacation travel planner like Mouse Fan Travel, uh, we make those requests for you. And that's something that we would uh, be sure to handle. But if you have the room number and you book direct or you booked through them, uh, give them a call at least, uh, at least a couple of weeks out and make sure that in the notes they have placed the room number that you want and the reason why. It's kind of important because it might move you up that scale a little bit. I think the idea is really fun to return on your one-year anniversary. But again, just as you said, 
Disney will never guarantee it, but they always do their very best to accommodate any requests that you put in there. And uh, sometimes they're unable to, and they will, you know, apologize profusely when they're unable to do so. But sometimes the room is already blocked for some special reason. So just get the request in early. Um, don't do it when, when actually when you check in, I'll ask again where the room is going to be so you know if the request came through for you or not. It might be that it's already held for one of the nights, but maybe you can move later. Um, but get the request in at least a couple of weeks ahead of time. And then you might want to check to make sure the request is in again about six days beforehand because they start assigning rooms at, I think, the five-day mark. And you can always try the don't you know who I am. Don't, don't you know what room I want and see if that works for you. Wow. Jeez. So, Caitlin Smith from <laughs> wow. Wetumpka, Alabama. I'm not even I'm going quickly. You didn't, says, you didn't put the English accent on that one, thankfully. So hey, I Lou think- and Becky? Question mark. First, I want to say that I love your show, and it's the best way to put a little Disney into each and every day. Thank you. I have two questions for you for the price of one, if that's okay. Of course it is. First... My husband and I are going to be in Disney for the first half marathon next year. And yes, I am planning on joining the running team. Awesome on both counts. Uh, And I was wondering if I thought Sanaa would be an okay place to carb load before the race. Here's the food. (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted to try it, and I'm not a huge fan of pasta. What? No worries, Lou. We're planning on sushi after I finish. Oh, Caitlin, you and I just bonded in a monstrous kind of way. Um Next question, the first day of our trip, we're, we are not doing a park. Instead, we're just hitting the expo. We're planning on going to Ohana for dinner, but we need your and Becky's recommendation. Oh, here you go. For drinks after dinner and the best place to view fireworks from the Polynesian. Thank you guys again, Caitlin. All right, so Caitlin, a couple of things. Um, first half marathon, is the is Sanaa a good place to carb load before the race? Uh, absolutely. I love uh, the bread service and and the only and and other people who are actual runners might uh, might give you uh, other opinions. The only thing you know, the bread service is great, and there are some dishes like that. But depending on what race you are going to do, um, you may want to be careful about dips and sauces and spicy foods. You know your body, but but you could just have the bread service without going crazy on the sauces and. Becky Mankin, that is like one of my favorite things to do ever. This body didn't happen naturally. Late night at Sanaa <laughs> in the lounge is like, uh, it, it's a Lumangelo haunt. So I think it is a good place to potentially carb load. It may not be the best. You know, there's a lot of uh, sauces and there's a lot of meat. So I, I don't know that you'll find sort of a, uh, a heavy sort of type of uh, a carb heavy meal there other than maybe the bread service. And a couple of bread services would probably do just fine. <laughs> Man, <I laughs> those those are good. And and like you said, just you know, you know your body. Step away from the um, the sauces that might be a little too much for you. But even if you're not a big fan of some of those heavier sauces, the breads themselves are so flavorful and so wonderful. You don't really need a lot to go with it. So I think it's great to try. I'm with you. I love me some Sana. And right in (laughs) Becky's wheelhouse, they are going to go to Ohana for dinner, which I love. And they want recommendations for drinks after dinner and the best place to view the fireworks from the Polynesian. Becky, remember, we only have a limited amount of time for the show. I think you stay right there at the Polynesian. I think you go right to uh, the bar next to Ohana or even go outside. Outside. By the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Go right by the beach. (laughs) 
See, and that's one thing that I, I agree with you on. Uh, because who knows, dinner might, if you try to go somewhere else for dinner, it might be, uh, you might run a little late. You might not get the best location for fireworks if you're trying to be on the beach. So I think you're right. I think Ohana for dinner. Um, and then go out for beverages out, even out in the, um, out at Trader Sam's. Yeah, on I was the, say, how did I not patio. say Trader Sam's? That's because yeah. I love it there. Um, especially that time of year, it's not going to be insanely Africa hot outside. Yeah. You got the waterfall, you got the live music. If you're still hungry, you can get food. I mean, you might might want some additional food after your dinner. And then you just walk over to the beach and watch the fireworks center, which is a beautiful view. Yeah, it really is. And it's very calm and serene and you hear, uh, the music from different locations too. So I think that's, um, that's the answer. There you go. So Trevor says, hi, Lou and Princess Becky. Love the show. That's That's how I read it. Love the show. Being from the United Kingdom, God save the Queen, I don't get to go to Walt Disney World very often, so it's great to have a way to keep the excitement flowing until my next trip with your great podcast. Thank you. I'm hearing this in an English accent as I'm reading it. My question is this. Why don't you just do it in English accent? My parents and I are visiting. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's the Becky accent. Um, My parents and I are visiting Walt Disney World in November for two weeks to see the holiday decorations and the Christmas party as we've only ever been before in the summer. Now, being from the United Kingdom, we didn't even realize that we were booking over Thanksgiving. And after doing some reading, I realized this is a hugely busy time for the parks. We go home on the 28th. So I think it's our second week, but that will be the busy one. Can you recommend the best ways to avoid the Thanksgiving crowds that week? As I'm not sure which parks and areas will be the busiest. Thanks for your help, Trevor. Trevor, listen. It's it's better to be in Walt Disney World when it's busy than anywhere else in the world. So the fact that you're going in with a certain level of expectation already means you've got half the battle already won. Would I go to Magic Kingdom the day after Thanksgiving? <laughs> Possibly not. Um, it might be a nice resort hopping day. It might be even a day for Disney Springs. But understanding you are going during one of the busiest times of year now, by the time that that Saturday and Sunday comes, the crowds will obviously lighten up very, very much. That that week after Thanksgiving, uh, the crowd levels drop hugely. Now you go home on. Let me just see. You said you go home on the twenty eighth, so now I'm pulling up my calendar really quickly. Uh, so you're going home that Monday. So you're going home uh, alongside everybody else. Uh, but those few days during and after Thanksgiving week are going to be busy. So just set your expectation levels accordingly. I totally agreed. It's going to be a zoo that entire week. It always is. Uh, that's one of the biggest break for vacations that people like to get away and go to, to Disney World. And, of course, you're also seeing the Christmas decorations going up for the very first time, too. So it's exceedingly popular. But the trick is that Sunday, the 27th, people are starting to head home that day. So the parks later in the day are going to be a lot more calm than that week before. But Again, as you said, the having the appropriate level of expectation in your brain when you get there, sure, it's going to be a little crowded if you want to go into the Magic Kingdom. But at that point, just know that you're not going to hit every single ride for all of the, the wait times that you're going to have. But it's going to be great for people watching. It's going to be great for being there in the atmosphere and hearing the holiday music and seeing the decorations. I think that it's actually... Um, I was a little scared at one time about going at Christmas. And I went for the very first time uh, last year and... Had a great time when I had the right expectation going into it. 
Absolutely. You're right. You're not going to be walking up to restaurants and you're not going to be necessarily walking on to Peter Pan's flight. Um, But it is an amazing, beautiful time, uh, not just weather wise, but uh, decorations wise. So you you will definitely still enjoy it. All right. Becky, we're going to go quick because I want to try and get through a lot tonight. Uh, (laughs) Daniel Mangum says, hey, Lou, we just got back from our first amazing trip with our son at the Polynesian. We are already planning our next trip back in the next year or two. We would really want to try the campgrounds on our next trip. I've done some research and found several local companies that rent and even do full setup of campers for guests. Do you have any knowledge on these companies or can you point me in the right direction? Daniel, I do. And rather than uh, sort of go over them one by one here, I'm actually going to point you back to show number 362, which is entitled Everything You Wanted to Know About Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. I bring somebody on board who has stayed at the fort and really kind of calls it home for years and years. I mean, maybe even more than 10 years and really can help you uh, in in your search for not just when is the best time to do it and how to do it, but some of those companies that rent and do the setups of the campers for guests. So going back to show 362 uh, should be able to answer all your questions. Yeah, that was awesome. I rented an RV at one point. Got one of those companies, they drove it in, they set it up, they handed the keys over, had a great time over the weekend, and then when we were done, we just they came back, handed the keys back to them, and they took care of everything. It was perfect. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let's let's be clear. Um, yes, I did stay. Daniel, at Fort Daniel, let me translate that. Let me translate that for you. <laughs> I, I had a tour bus. Um, and had it set up for me, and then they brought it back to Aerosmith when we were done. So, um, but (laughs) all right, no, that was not a tour bus. It was an RV. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Someday we'll show you the difference, Lou, so that you understand the difference between a tour bus and an RV. Okay, they're kind of close, but not. not (laughs) But you literally rented like all the campsites around you just so there was a buffer between you and the commoners. All right. So we're moving on to Zach Dobson's question. You were having way too much fun with this. There are questions. Move on. That's right. Zach wants. Listen, Zach is traveling with his fiance in September of this year. They have ADRs for California Grill on Friday. That is why she loves you. Your time is 8. I'm sure there's many other reasons too, but that's a good one right there. Your time is 8.45 p.m. And we are hoping to get a great view of Hallowishes, but I'm worried that everybody is going to wait to leave and we will not be brought to our table before Wishes begins. Will we, will, will we be allowed to go up to watch even if they haven't called our ADR? Thanks for all you do. Love the podcast. Hope to see you at a meet of the month while we are there. Zach, I hope so as well. I want to congratulate you and your fiance in person. And if you have an extra seat at California Grill, I'm happy to join you. But you have it exactly right. Um, Even if they may be running a little late, you can go up to California Grill. And I actually recommend going up to California Grill early. Uh, You can sit at the lounge. You can sit in the bar. Even better yet, you can go outside onto the observation deck and just... Uh, hold that person that you love a little close as you look over the beautiful vista of Magic Kingdom. Ah, you actually were being sweet there for a second. You actually even invited yourself to the romantic dinner. Good for you. I'm so proud of you right now. The three of us could hold hands and look at the castle together. <laughs> That's so creepy. That's, anyway, sorry. Yes, you can. You can go up there, hang out in the in the lounge, which yes, I have done on a couple of occasions. Shocker. Yes, if you uh, if you show it, 
you can do it two ways. You can go up early. They might actually be able to seat you early as well if, if somebody has cleared a table. Um, but if not, you should be able to hang out there and go out onto the, the observation deck. At least they've let us do that in the past. Um, I do know that if you eat early and you're done, you can actually show your receipt later and come back to the observation deck and go up and, and view the fireworks as well. So I think as long as you're dining that evening, they're pretty flexible about allowing you to enjoy the view. True. And have people interrupt your romantic meal <laughs> with hugs. <laughs> All right. Uh, Curtis has a quick question. It says, Lou, I'm not sure if this is the place where I'm supposed to ask this. It is. But I'm wondering, what is your favorite place for breakfast in the Disney parks? And Becky, I am going to go first. And listen, the oh, rule is shoot. you can you can't. There, this is not a Lou Mangello question. I want one place. Oh. I want one. in, And I think he specifically said inside the parks yeah. for breakfast. So don't go, oh, well, I was going to say, because that's the Lumangelo cheat. So you can't use that one. <laughs> I've learned from the best. And you're, you're telling me I'm going first. I'm telling you that you are going right. first. See, the problem is, though, is that there's some that have better breakfast than others, but some that have better experiences. So... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard. Uh, in, all right, in the park, in the park. I'm, all right, I'm gonna. And go I'm back assuming to in the parks means in the theme parks, not yes. you know in the Walt Disney World Park, right? Yeah, yeah, same thing. <laughs> well, I, I just don't know if you mean like the Walt Disney World Resort is what I mean. Oh no, no, in, in the park. Which usually breakfast for me is outside of the parks. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> go for something that goes to my heart because I it, I go there not. For for the fabulous food, but for the atmosphere and the memories that I've had there, which would be Cinderella's Royal Table. Wow. For me. Yeah. It, it's one of the places that... Um, I wasn't Chris- expecting that because you know that you like there's children there. So you'd normally... that. Wow. wow. Really? <laughs> anyway, Cinderella's Royal Table is probably the one in the Magic Kingdom that, that from a... Um, a Disney magic perspective, I adore. Uh, Chris and I have had breakfast there several times. Of course, that's where we had breakfast after we stayed in the castle, which you haven't done yet. See, there you um, go. <laughs> I'm always sleeping in the castle. <laughs> wow. But uh, it, outside of the park, I, I do love my ship. So there was my one. But be our guest, actually. What? I said one. No cheating. All right, I'm done. No cheating. Because it's funny when you I, – I actually thought that you were going to say Crystal Palace because I think it's one of the ones that, that I enjoy most and I love the char- – I know you don't like kids and characters, but wow. the kids and characters there are I wonderful with Tigger characters. and Piglet and Eeyore and Rabbit and they do the little parade and they've got a great different variety of things. But that's actually not what I'm saying. What I'm going to say, say- – <laughs> I just – I, I broke my own – I only did that just so I can break my own rule. And <laughs> – I'm going to one that's possibly off the radar, and it's Tusker House. Because what makes that unique is, one, that you probably don't think of going to Animal Kingdom necessarily for breakfast. It is a character meal, but a lot of the items on the buffet, which is very, very extensive, by the way, has a little bit of an African flair and twist. And it sort of starts to make me think about going to, you know, places like Boma, but inside the parks, it's Donald is there. So you get a little sort of uh, Donald sort of safari breakfast. Um, 
you can obviously get the, the the basics like the Mickey waffles and and um, but there's a lot of other stuff that has a little bit of a, a different flavor and flair than you'll yeah. find at most other traditional buffets. So Tusker House, get there early, go hit the safari before the lines go. Boom! You knocked out two amazing things first thing in the morning. Now, see, that doesn't surprise me in thinking about it because the, that type of spice and those types of flavors are right in your wheelhouse. So that is something that I know that you do enjoy. So I, that does not surprise me that you would But it's that. not spicy and, and no. saucy. It's, I no. mean, it's, um, you get the... Flavors. It's flavors. It's not spices in, as in heat. It's... But you can still get, you know, your, your regular uh, Mickey and waffles and, yeah. and eggs and muffins and donuts and Yeah, but they do have a sweet. lot of kind of off the, off the radar... Um, options that you wouldn't find anywhere else because, of course, the African flair. So I, I think it's for somebody who does have that kind of palate that loves that. That's that's obviously a great choice. That's what I I'm love saying. it. I like the spices and sauces. Don't get saucy with me, Bernays. Okay, um, <laughs> let's say Kelly L says, Lou, if we have a trip scheduled uh, and we are 36 days out before the arrival, and find out that we have to reschedule because of a family medical issue. And we did not take the travel insurance. What do we do? So, Becky Mankin, I think this is firmly within your wheelhouse. And again, they have a trip scheduled. They are within 38 days before their arrival. And they have to reschedule, but they don't have insurance. What do we do, Becky Mankin? You're our only hope. (laughs) Nice segue there. Okay. You said 38 days. So, if it's a standard package that you've booked through Walt Disney Travel Company, either through... uh, vacation planner like me or if you booked it direct Um, for cancellations made outside of 31 days in 2016 or more prior to the guest arrival whatever amount that you've paid for your deposit on that package is actually refundable you can move it um, so if you have to move it to a different date you can cancel and you're fine and you should get the $200 uh, deposit back Minus, of course, any cancellation fees that you may have had by a third party, like if you uh, included a, a good neighbor hotel that had a fee or if you had um, uh, air that was uh, purchased uh, that was non-refundable air, etc. So if you're outside and you're in that 36-day period, you should be okay. However, you get in trouble when you're between 2 and 30 days, or for 2017, I think you actually lose a day and it goes from 2 to 29 days. When you're in that little pocket, then you're going to be out your cancellation, out any cancellation fee, plus the $200 deposit is going to be a cancellation fee on top of that. So no refunds are given in that window unless you have purchased the insurance, which you said you did not in this case, but for um, everybody else's knowledge, if you work with a vacation planner like Mouse Fan Travel, uh, we can help you work with Disney when you do have insurance to help you get your your claim in there. Um, Usually it's for covered reasons with some insurance policies. Some policies are for any reason, so you can actually get that money back. So the best question to ask yourself because... um, Purchasing insurance is kind of a, a personal decision. It's a personal choice, and many think you don't need it. But the best question I always tell people is how much are you willing to lose if you had to cancel? Uh, another thing that's really important about insurance to remember that we get this question all the time, and I don't think a lot of people really understand that the insurance, like your medical insurance that you might get through work, uh, doesn't cover you outside the country. Usually, not always, but 
usually it doesn't cover you. So if you're on a cruise, say you're on a Disney cruise going to the Bahamas, the moment that you hit the international waters, you are no longer covered under your regular uh, medical insurance. So it really can be an expensive deal if you don't have um, coverage for something that might happen if you slip and fall or if there's an issue or you get sick while you're away. So I, we always uh, highly recommend that you purchase insurance to go along with your investment, your vacation investment. But always be aware of what the cancellation penalties are for any vacation so that you can make an informed decision whether to purchase insurance or not. But back to the initial question, 36 days, she should be fine, should be able to just move the date or cancel and get refunded as long as it's not one of those third parties that were non-refundable. What Becky said. All right, Susan from <laughs> Boston. Uh, thank you. That, that's, that's, um, that's much more thorough than... Um, than I would expect it actually. No, than I could have done. And wow. uh, and I think it's look, you the 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 best time to buy insurance is before you think that you need it. So yeah, um, and the, an important part too is that if if you don't have a policy that is um, that covers pre existing conditions, then all of a sudden if you don't purchase it within fourteen days, sometimes they don't cover it. So there's that other thing. And if you need a doctor and you need a medical evac out of the Caribbean. That little $5,000 cruise can turn into an $80,000 trip without insurance. So always things to keep in mind. Yeah. And the helicopter company does not take annual pass holder discounts. So. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> all right. Susan, all the way from Boston, says, hi, Lou, and possibly Becky. I am so excited for my upcoming trip to Walt Disney World. My friends and I will be staying in a royal room. That's the only place you should be staying at oh Port Orleans gosh. Riverside. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Becky. That's that's a modern. I'm going to get you a tiara. Right. I am so going to get you a tiara and Listen, require you to wear it when you do whatever. Susan voice says you're trying that to was do. her favorite resort as far back as the Dixie Landings days. Wow, that's old school. Ow. But it is her first time in a royal room. We'll be arriving in mid-August and staying for the week, so we're wondering if you happen to know when the fall decorations will be up in the Magic Kingdom. We would love to see them. Thank you for any insight you may have. Every time I go on a trip, I keep telling myself, Susan, leave Lou a voicemail, but this time, I definitely will. Susan, I'll be waiting for it, and if you want to call 407-900-9391, you can leave a voicemail as well. So she's going in mid-August, staying for the week, and some of you are probably going, it's August. Why is she even thinking about fall decorations? Alas, because you know, in August, Walt Disney World means it's fall, not in terms of the weather. <laughs> that doesn't yep. start until about December 1st. Um, <laughs> but a lot of times, believe it or not, the fall decorations actually start going up in late August. And that usually is because the first night of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is oftentimes right ab- around the 1st of September. So fall really does kind of start happening in late August when it's about 117 degrees and 97% humidity outside. So what do you want to do but put on a really heavy Ewok costume and start walking around the parks? Trick-or-treating uh, <laughs> for chocolates. It's melting. All absolutely. Over you. Yeah. But, but it's true. And I think that, believe it or not, is an adv- advantageous type of thing because if you can't go later on in the year, Thanksgiving or Christmas, but you want to experience something different and you want to experience the fall decorations and the Halloween party, the fact that it starts so early in the season is actually a really good thing because I think it affords so many more people the opportunity 
to not just go to the party itself, but even just jo- just enjoy the, the fall decorations in Magic Kingdom and the other parks and resorts as well. I love it when it turns over to fall. If it was really in fall, yeah, but <laughs> um, I'm there with you. I think this year, I, I want to say that the first one is September 2nd for the Halloween party. So they've got to be ready uh, to, to turn over into that theming that night for that party. So, yeah, that, that whole late August thing. It's fall. <laughs> and it really does. I mean, you know, it, it sort of magically happens almost overnight. I mean, it really happens yeah. probably over a course of two, maybe three nights. I mean, they've got this down to a science. And when that last guest leaves the Magic Kingdom or leaves whatever park, um, it really comes to life all over again with cast members. And way back when, um, I think on the show and in Celebrations Magazine, we talked to some of the people that work at the Holiday Warehouse and things like that. And, and just the process and the people that it takes to make those transformations happen so seamlessly, so invisibly, and so really magically uh, is really quite an accomplishment. And uh, and that goes right to my belief that the cast members are the ones that are actually making the magic because the moment you leave that one night and you come in the next day and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, how did that happen? All the work and the planning that goes into it and the design that goes into it and the changes that they do each year, it's it's extraordinarily magical. It's a ton of work that happens overnight. So hats off to them. Absolutely. Oh, and then you got pumpkin fudge and I, whatever. I, I don't want to get this. <laughs> All right. Uh, Emily Blass says, um, my fiance and I are getting married at Disney this October with a ceremony at the wedding pavilion and reception in the Napa room at California Grill. Oh, I dig beautiful. how you roll. We are having the rehearsal dinner the night before and inviting all the guests who are attending the wedding. Wow. About 40 people. We would love to have the rehearsal dinner somewhere where people can mix and mingle and have drinks before eating dinner. Becky's ears just perked up like a Rottweiler Mm. when you said drinks. (laughs) We were thinking Raglan Road. Any other suggestion? Food type and price is not of concern. Children will not be attending either, so just not in a park. Thanks for your help and the fabulous podcasts and blog posts. Peace, love, and pixie dust, Emily in North Carolina, but a transplant from the Midwest who is loving being within driving distance of Disney. So, Becky, a children-free, just the way I like it, uh, 40-person rehearsal dinner the night before, not in a park, go. I have my place. I've got my place already. I I well, uh, this is this is a hard one because obviously we don't know. I I can't pick one because they're talking forty people. There's not a lot of places that are going to easily be able to accommodate forty. There oh, are. I say nay nay. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. I I know that around. Well, <laughs> all right. Immediately, my my brain is going right to Disney Springs because mm-hmm. that patio at STK looks amazing. That's that is immediately where my head went, and I know that the Disney Springs um, restaurants tend to be a little bit more accommodating when you work with them beforehand because it does require some coordination. Some restaurants may have and require some special menus or service charges or order minimums when you have a group that large. Um, but the Disney Springs restaurants that uh, Paradiso Thirty Seven also have group areas that are uh, available for those new restaurants that are coming online. There's a couple of restaurants, too, that are um, – I know, I'm, I just did more than one, didn't I? Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. But I don't want to say kid-less. They're saying they, they are looking – if you're looking for something a little more upscale, those Disney Springs resorts might be it. Um, however, 
for anybody else who might be thinking about a very large group, I know that Ohana, um, <laughs> Whispering Canyon, how about that? For <laughs> But those are the ones that can do like groups up to 30 really easily on their standard menu. But if you're going to go off, then you might be looking at a different type of um, uh, convention service or catering services contract. But immediately my brain, brain went to those pictures of that um, second level up there at STK. So I also went to Disney Springs for a variety of reasons because a lot of those restaurants can be very accommodating. You don't have to wor- worry about obviously getting people into a theme park. But maybe because I'm still in my oh-so-wonderful and it's like a warm blanket just wrapping me around in the food coma <laughs> that I am still am in from the boathouse. And I like the boathouse for a lot of reasons. Number one, they do have... Uh, dining rooms in the back that they can close off for private parties. So you do have access to those rooms. Um, I I love the menu. I love the food. If you don't believe me, go back and listen to show 450. Was it last, was it last week? I may still be actually in the food. No, four, uh, 448. Sorry, 448. It was a couple of weeks ago uh, where we talked about it. The other thing I like about it too, Becky, is I think this is one of the, the, the venues that really takes advantage of what Disney Springs is becoming, specifically the water. So you have that room with a view of the water. There's a patio outside. You've got the boat. You've got the bar. You've got all these different things. Uh, and I think it's a really, really nice place um, if I was to go ahead and have a rehearsal dinner. Yeah, especially if you were you had a lot of seafood lovers. and But that menu does have a lot of other options besides just seafood. But I'm with you there. I didn't realize that they had um, uh, group partitions back there. So now now I got to go look at that. <laughs> you not only have group partitions, but you got to try the new blueberry cheesecake. Are you serious? <laughs> I had a lunch meeting there two days ago. Are you kidding? <laughs> so in other words, all of your meetings now are, oh, what happened to Blue Zoo? All of a sudden the boathouse oh, no, 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 is listen, becoming, whoa, whoa, slow, are you listen, cheating whoa, 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 on Blue Zoo? Listen, listen. listen. <laughs> One can only eat so much Cantonese lobster in a week. Oh, which well. may have actually trumped the miso glazed Miro as the <gasps> best thing I've ever put in my mouth. I can't believe you just oh, said if you're you don't cheating believe it, on Blue Zoo. If you don't be- no, 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 no. The Cantonese lobster is at Blue Zoo. Oh, okay. So Sorry, the next time you the come down, take me to Blue okay. Zoo. They have cocktails, <laughs> and you will. The Cantonese lobster is pretty epic. Anyway, mo- right. Actually, there's no- wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yahtzee. Blue Zoo at the Dolphin is another good option for rehearsal dinner. Yeah, it actually would be, wouldn't it? And they have a great private room in the back, too. For 40? If you sit on each other's laps, possibly. Yes. I don't think that's 40. Sure. But at the Cantonese Lobster, your guess out. invite less people and just get the lobster. Trust me. They'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll get over it. Don't worry. Um, all right. Let's quickly move on because we're going long and I want to get to at yeah. least... 11 more. Uh, Jay Tucci says, good morning, Lou. Good evening, Jay. I was chatting with a friend about the Leave a Legacy plaques and thought I remember you talking about Epcot removing these at some point, possibly 2020 or something. Was this a dream or a rumor or a a confirmed statement that my brain stored away? If this is true, has there been any notice from Disney? Thank you, Jay Tucci. Jay, I, I love this question because it's actually one that I know when I when I go to Epcot with family or friends, I hear people talking about um, the 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 Leva Legacy statues, and and those are sort of those those large 
monolithic statues at the entrance to Future World. And I dig this because I have a chance to sort of take you back in time and talk about a little Disney history. Becky, sit back, relax, get yourself another cocktail because hopefully we're going to let you, you gonna learn something this time. Right. So the mm-hmm. Leave a Legacy program actually started back in fall of 1999 as part of the Walt Disney World Millennium Celebration, which, you know, never lasts a year. It lasts like 19 months. Um, and what it did was it gave guests the opportunity to sort of leave a little piece of themselves, not physically, but in <laughs> in in photo form um, on these new um, granite. Thirds, I think there's 30 megaliths in the Leave a Legacy Plaza. You would go get your photo captured, it would become a digital image, and then it would eventually be put on uh, one of these monoliths. And there was actually room for 700,000 different photos. Uh, and maybe there was 30, well... Some saying thirty to thirty-five, somewhere between thirty, somewhere between the chicklets. And, it's thirty to thirty-five <laughs> that vary in height. I think they range from about three to almost twenty feet tall. Here's a trivia question, right? Who designed the plaza, the 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 uh, the Leave a Legacy Plaza? What veteran Disney Imagineer designed the plaza? No googling. I'm, I'm googling right now. <laughs> okay, it's John Hench. I don't know. John oh, Hench. Really? Yep. John Hench, yeah. um, who actually obviously worked on, you know, a, a lot in Epcot. He was actually one of the original art directors, or actually I think was the original art director of Epcot. So what it was is it, it, Disney's feeling was that as part of this Epcot 2000 program, they feel, look, people have so many different ways to mark important milestones with unique celebrations or creations or dedications. So this was how they felt you and your loved ones could really leave a permanent, in air quotes, personal record of how you celebrated the new millennium at Walt Disney World. And this was sort of, the Leave a Legacy was sort of their tribute to this this very obviously milestone occasion and allowed guests to capture their moment, literally capture that moment in time in the form of these one-inch square digital photographs which were etched on a commemorative metallic tile, which they would then mount in no sort of, you know, uh, easily discernible way on these granite monoliths. And you can get single images or dual images, and you can get your uh, photos taken at kiosks near space. One was by the was by Spaceship Earth. They actually had another one on the bridge in between uh, Future World and World Showcase, and another one at the American Inform- uh, the American Adventure in World Showcase. So, the, and the reason, and, and a lot of people, just quick aside, a lot of people were somewhat critical about these monoliths. They didn't, you know, the originally in the center of the fountain was this uh, three uh, pronged sort of acrylic statue with the Epcot logo there. It was very sleek. It was modern. A lot of people felt that these large monoliths just sort of, sort of didn't fit. But according to Disney, and I quote, the monoliths were designed to resemble foothills or rock outcroppings and appearing to cradle the looming form of spaceship Earth. Did anybody get it? Who knows? But that's what it's supposed to be. So for $35 <laughs> for one person or 38 for two, you could actually leave your legacy on one of these monoliths, but here's the here's the caveat that I'm sure some people and their broken relationships and broken hearts might or might not have known is once the photo's in place, 
there ain't no option to remove it. So it could be a wonderful memory of the time you spent with those that you love or a painful reminder of how that girl broke your heart. Wow. <laughs> good point. Very right. good point. Um, they actually ended sales in mid-June of 2007, even though there was room for about 150,000 more photos. So they took the kiosks out and the capture stations. Uh, they left the photos there. So you couldn't, you could obviously no longer purchase the squares there, but the monuments are going to remain there at least until 2027 because they said, look, these will be here for at least 20 years in, in Disney speak that somewhat sort of permanent. Um, and if you are looking for, if you had it done and you'd have no clue where your image is, you can actually still go to the Leave a Legacy locator station inside the camera center, or you can email uh, Disney at, to www.ec.legacy, which rolls off the tongue, at Disney.com, and they will help you find the tile of the girl of, okay. that broke your heart. All right, so I have two questions. First of all, is your mug somewhere on a monolith? It is. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> Why does that not surprise? I, 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 I'm just going to go on record. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Leave Legacy. I'm so sorry. So I'm is not, it, is it and, the concept I, or is it the execution? Meaning, do you not I, I, like these 50,000-pound granite right. megaliths? That's the point. That's I, right. I, honestly, that's... when I look at it, you know what I, what I think of? Do you remember the old movie Logan's Run? Dude, I, I, oh my God, I just like got so much respect for you. I love Logan's Run. Oh my God. Wait, Are you serious? Me? Oh my God, wait a minute. This is like a moment. We're having a moment. Did we seriously. just bond? Dude, seriously. I'm a little creeped out, but I love. <laughs> and, and the arm is a glowing or the hand, the, the gem in the hand. Um, that was a very favorite movie of mine. And remember when they come back in and they bring the old dude back? That whole do. area out there with all the water. For some reason, that reminds me of that. It completely has my brain thinking Logan's Run every time I look at it. Or, you know, something that looks like, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be really negative about it, but it's just not, it wasn't executed well to me. And the pictures don't exactly look like the people to me because some of them just didn't come. I would, I wish, just my personal opinion, and if you write anything in, go ahead and write it to lou at www.radio.com. But I wish they'd bring back the bricks. I really liked the bricks. So when they did leave a legacy, I was really excited at first. And then when I saw what it was going to be and saw what it was, it's like, I, I like the bricks. Let's go back to Logan's run for a second. Let's go back to Logan's run. I love Logan's run. So, all right, here's your Logan's run. Let's, uh, let's run. Oh, I'm really going to test you here. <sighs> who, okay. Who played Logan? Uh, uh, Michael York. Wow. All right. What was his number? He, was, he didn't have. Um, he didn't have last names. He had a number. Oh God! Um, yeah, because when it got to stop googling, it's Logan when, Five. No, I'm not. Hold on. You, uh, no, you're I, lying. I, I, what? No, <laughs> I'm not lying. Um, I don't know what his what his Logan number was, Five but, and okay, Francis. But, remember Francis Seven. But I remember it, it, when you reach the age of thirty, that's when you go because that's I was scared to hit thirty. <laughs> I remember I remember having a dream when I was twenty-seven and thinking that this. Sandman were going to get me. It was a whole, it was a whole thing. Remember Farrah Fawcett was in it? Oh my God, she was. She was one of the doctor's assistants, right? She was Holly. <sighs> so the, okay, uh, so you you brought about you brought up the old man. Stop asking Jeeves who played the old man. Oh my God. Oh. There is no sanctuary. Come on. 
I know, and he had and he had all the cats in the in the place. He was a, um, he was a <gasps> wait, um, You're googling. Uh, it's you, Peter Ustinov. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you stink at, at stalling for I time not, as you as you. <laughs> I am not googling. Who who who'd you say? I'm binging. I don't Google. I bing. <laughs> oh my god. Peter Ustinov. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. Oh, all right. <laughs> Sorry. Who was the girl? I don't know. So I'm, I don't. Uh, I have no idea who, who she was. Oh, I maybe a little bit of a crush. All right, anyway, but I, yeah. oh my! And they were supposed to actually remake Logan's Run uh, for a number of years. They and I was, it? yeah, they never okay. remade it. Okay. Oh, I have to watch that now. <laughs> I remember that was so cool. Um, when they they went to Sanctuary. They went to Sanctuary. When you, yep. And and you like floated up, and then they lasers hit you, and you were toast. So all right. Awesome. <laughs> so what was what was Logan's you know, job? We're taking what, a really big left turn here. Right? What was his title? Right. What was his title? Because um, if know. you didn't if you didn't want to go right, remember if you didn't want to go through the renewal phase, right? Well, wasn't he? Wasn't he a carousel? Sandman? He was Sandman. Yeah. Becky, we just bonded. I forget almost forget at <laughs> least totally the made, five we've made minutes history. Of... We've totally made history right wow. now. We've actually bonded. But put aside the corn dogs <laughs> on garbage cans and it's all about Logan's run. This Does was just a moment. This was just a moment. <laughs> so I'm gonna listen, I, I think I can only you can you really can only screw it up for here. So what we're gonna do is this. I have a question <laughs> for you, the listener. Do you have a leave a legacy tile? I'd like to know if you have a legal, leave a legacy tile. You can email me, tweet me at Lou Mangiello, Facebook me, call the voicemail, leave a comment in the show notes. Let me know. I'm curious how many people have a legal leave a legacy tile. I actually have one. My parents have one. My brother has one. Um, we all did it. Uh, we actually we were actually there for Millennium New Year's Eve, and I think that's when we had them done. So. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and I, and I sort of kind of know where they are. They're okay, over there. you're going to have to show me next time that we're there. They're you're on the left. They're over there somewhere. On the left somewhere. On the big rock. Between like 500,000 pieces <laughs> right. of tiles somewhere, I'm going to be sitting there searching for it. No, that's not going to happen D today. something. Um, um, uh, did I mention I want the bricks back? You did. Just you did. so you know. I, I, liked, I, I will tell you that, uh, that I like the bricks. So The bricks are really cool. But anyway... Uh, so after you do that, after you let me know and you say, you know what, Lou, I want to go and see if I can find my brick. Please go and visit Becky and her friends and my friends and your friends, too, over at mousefantravel.com and get the insurance. <laughs> Perfect. And you know what's kind of lacking this time? Food? I'm not hungry. I'm we didn't hungry. talk enough about food. So I guess that's... That's the cue to everybody to start sending all your food questions. Hmm. Did I, did if I you can that? have your rehearsal dinner anywhere in Walt Disney World, where would it be? Rehearsal for what? <laughs> like your rehearsal dinner. Like if you were getting married, you could have a rehearsal dinner anywhere in Walt Disney World. Where would you go? Uh, you know what? I love that napper room. For sure. Have you seen that one? It's beautiful. You see the fireworks? I want to be away from the commoners. Did I mention I want the brick back? <laughs> you do Queen Elizabeth so well. I'm gonna get you. You're getting a tiara. That's 
And then every time you say at hole, you I, just hit it because you know that's the Becky voice. Wow, that is so not wow, the. That is so not the Becky voice. I do not sound like that, Lou Mangiello. You <laughs> see, you're not talking because you know deep down you kind of sound like that. Did I mention like the bricks? <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention that I like I bring those? <laughs> time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear, maybe in what you eat. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via email or our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week's question brought us over to Epcot Center, specifically to Spaceship Earth. And I said that as you go through the attraction and pass through the telegraphs and telephone and movies and radio segment, you'll see a family sitting in their their very cool retro late 60s living room watching a TV broadcast hosted by whom? And that was your question. And hundreds of you entered, got this one correct, and I loved how some of you shared and some additional information and stories about that scene or how that broadcaster was actually the former host of Spaceship Earth because it was, of course, Walter Cronkite. And the narrator changed from Walter to Jeremy Irons in 1994. But in that scene, after the Telegraph's radio, you'll see he is talking about the 19... He's part of the 1969 television broadcast of the Apollo 11 landing on the moon. So I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. And again, last week you were playing for the 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book. All seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, both of which you can find at www.radio.com. A WW Radio Magic Band cover and a bunch of WW Radio stickers. I randomly selected one entry from all the correct ones. And last week's winner is... Jess Richmond. So Jess, send me your address. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So as the July 4th Independence Day celebration approaches here in the United States, it made me think about how it's being celebrated in Walt Disney World, not in the parks, but specifically in an attraction. I'm thinking, of course, about the Carousel of Progress because that is one of the four holidays celebrated in there every day as well. So on the 4th of July scene, Father and Sarah are getting ready to go to the Ladies Club 4th of July celebration that night. And, of course, this is what you do is obviously, I guess, back then you dressed up as characters. So they are going as George and Martha Washington. But next year, Dad wants to do something a little different And your question this week is to tell me, for next year's 4th of July celebration, who does Dad want to dress up as? So who does the father on Carousel of Progress want to dress up as for next year's 4th of July celebration? Now, you have until Sunday, July 3rd, appropriately enough, at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. Or better yet, if you go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, 
There's an easy online form that you can fill out right there. I'll submit your entry for you. And once again, you're playing for the 102 Ways book, all the audio tours, a Magic Band cover, and a bunch of WW Radio stickers. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much. I can't tell you how much I sincerely appreciate you and your time and the fact that you choose to spend and share some of it with me. I know I say it every week. It's because I mean it every week, and I am grateful for you every single week and the time you spend with me. I'm also grateful to and for all the members of the WW Radio Nation including so many that were part of the Nation family, literally like from day one last January, including Allison Miller and Father George and Corinne and Martin Shergold, Jenny Ginsburg, Chris, Gary Ewalls, Courtney Gross, Zach Hoover. So many more of you. I sincerely appreciate you and everything that you do. And if you want to not only help the show, but get exclusive monthly rewards, including monthly scavenger hunts, access to our private Facebook group, personalized magic band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, backpacks, and monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, you can visit www.radio.com slash support. Also, while you're on the site, don't forget to check out our blog and Big thanks to our amazing team of blog writers who are putting out incredible content about a lot of different topics. You can also subscribe to the newsletter and be part of the family and the community. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I am at Lou Mangiello. And like the WW Radio page at facebook.com slash WW Radio. If you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me, Lou at wwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, I'll play your voicemails at the end of the show by calling 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WW1. And of course, as much as I love connecting with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. And thanks to so many of you who braved the heat in uh, Epcot this past weekend and came out to the meet of the month at the Sunshine Seasons Food Fair in the land. It was so great to see some old friends and make so many new ones. I appreciate you guys taking time out of your day or your weekend or your vacation to come out. Uh, I'm working on July's meet of the month date and location, likely going to be the 16th or 17th. So stay uh, tuned to Facebook and Twitter and the show for more information. But also check out the events page by visiting www.com and click on the events tab up top. You find out more about not just meets of the month, but other events on the road, including our e-ticket adventure this fall, leaving from New York and going to Puerto Rico on the Disney Magic, and our double dip to Castaway Key, June 25th through the 30th, 2017. That's going to be on the Disney Dream. Really, really excited about that. You can visit www.radio.com slash 2017 cruise. We also have other events coming up, including lots of running team events. We'll be at a lot of the run Disney races. So if you want to run, walk, walk, jog, or like me, uh, just sit on the sidelines and cheer. You can visit www.radio.com slash running. And I'll also be doing other events on the road as I travel the country to speak to schools and businesses and if I can help you by maybe coming to speak at your conference to your school or to your business you can visit loumangelo.com thanks as always to Becky from Mouse Fan Travel they are my official and recommended travel provider you can see why by having Becky on again this week you can visit them at mousefantravel.com and go to celebrationspress.com get a little bit of Disney magic delivered to your email inbox or to your door every other month And as always, my friends, and you 
are my friend. Whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word, right? Let others know about it. Tell your friends. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links. Even better, share links over on Facebook. And please come by. Take a second to just rate and review the show over on iTunes. Uh, thanks to you, we have more than 1,100 five-star reviews. At one point, we hit number two overall among iTunes podcasts. I want to thank some recent reviewers, including Love Disney, who says, Lou, you are such a positive influence and a wealth of information. Thank you so much for being an outlet for those that can't make it to the parks as often as we like. And I appreciate this so much. She says, never stop being who you are, and you may continue doing this for many years to come. Uh, thank you, Love Disney. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Eric Osik, Ryan M., Paul, and Jenna J., thank you guys for your race, recent reviews as well. If you visit www.radio.com slash iTunes or just search for WWDO in iTunes, you can rate and review the show there. And finally, my sincerest thanks to you. I wish there was another way that I can say and show my gratitude and appreciation for you uh, because I would not be able to, to do what I do every day without you and your love and support, whether it's a tweet, an email, coming to a meet of the month, or just um, just taking the time to listen. And I hope if there's some way maybe I can help you turn your passion into something that you can do every day, please let me know how. And just remember, you know, you only need one yes, right? Whatever that thing is that, that you're searching for, whatever that thing is that you're trying to do, uh, whatever you're trying to make happen, you only need one yes, and that'll make up for a thousand no's. So hang in there, stay patient, stay persistent, stay passionate, uh, stay amazing, and thank you once again. I hope you have an incredible week. I hope to see you on Facebook Live this week, on the show next week, or at a meet of the month soon. So have an amazing week, everybody. Thanks so much. See ya. Hi, Lou. This is uh, Tony from Illinois, and I just got done listening to show number 450, uh, 10 Things to Do in Walt Disney World that Everybody Needs to Do at Least Once. And I'd like to piggyback on the Make Magic uh, for Others thing. Day in and day out, the cast members make magic for the guests. But how often is it that the guests get to make magic for the cast members? And it doesn't have to be be a big gesture, just something small that won't cost you a dime, like stop in guest relations and put in a good word or uh, a handshake or a, a hug with a thank you or uh, like at a, a table service restaurant along with the tip, maybe a handwritten note, just little things like that to brighten the cast member's day. Just try to make some magic for the magic makers. Hi, Lou. It's Angelique Crane from Stanford, Connecticut, calling regarding the top ten things everyone must do at least once at Disney. My suggestion is Hold those you love the closest during the fireworks shows, regardless of where it is, whether it's Wishes, Illuminations, Fantasmic, or any other fireworks event. Hold them close, listen to the music, and let them know how much you love them. It's something you'll never have an opportunity to do in another place that's more special. If that isn't enough, meet a character. Meet Mickey, meet Goofy, meet Donald, meet Daisy, but whoever it is, just Give that character a hug, suspend 
whoever you are and whatever you think you are and just love Disney and the experience you have. Thank you for everything you do. It means the world, and I look forward to giving you a handshake and a hug next time I see you on a run Disney course. Thank you. Good morning, Lou Mangello. It's Gabby Luxemana from Baltimore. Um, just calling in to talk to you about um, a run that I recently did here in Maryland. Um, I did the Princess Half Marathon in February, and so this was my second half marathon. I did the um, Frederick Half Marathon, and I was really nervous at first because I had such a great experience with the Run Disney event, and I was worried, oh, man, now that it's not Disney, will it be the same? Will I be able to make it through the race? And surprisingly, I did very well. Um, I actually finished 20 minutes. Um, faster than my personal goal. Um, the course itself was very nice, relatively flat. It was a beautiful morning. Um, it didn't get really difficult until about mile 11 or so, where we had to run up this huge hill, and the sun was beating down, and I was really tired and really hungry at that point and just wanted to be able to finish the race. Um, and I actually spotted a couple of Run Disney shirts um, right up ahead in front of me, um, and I met this couple. Um, the guy had just run the Dopey this past year, and she had just run um, the Dark Side Challenge um, in Florida. And so we got to talking, and uh, Disney just brought us together, and so I had someone to run with and talk to as we made it up this huge hill. And it, before I knew it, we were over the crest and on our way down to the finish line. Um, so it was really comforting to see some fellow run Disney people and just made the race that much easier in the end when I thought I was not going to make it. Um, I am all signed up for the virtual run series, which I'm really excited about, and hopefully I'll be calling in a little bit to talk to you about that. Um, so I guess I will talk to you later. Stay positive. Have a great week, um, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. You've got a friend.